your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to this Monday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Freshly shaven, if those that are watching on YouTube, the beard just had to go. I have the beautiful party at the point shirt um, from 2016. It somehow still fits, even though that shirt is from five years ago. I guess I just really haven't grown too much in height. I think at the at this point, um, or weight wise, I guess as well. Um, one thing before we get into the meat of our show. So I posted this on the personal Twitter. I'm going to retweet it onto the show's Twitter. Um, so overall, for the Locked On NHL channel, it increased 135% in listens and views from uh, last year. And the Locked On Penguins podcast was one of the five shows with the largest growth rate from 2020 to 2021. So. From the bottom of my heart, thank you all so much for continually listening and supporting this podcast. I don't care if you listen, have listened to one episode, two episodes, every episode each week, or every episode known to existence with this podcast. Um, every listen means the absolute world to me just because I love talking about this team on an everyday basis, and I love sharing my opinions and just my takes and bringing high profile guests on and talking to them about this team and everything else about the Pittsburgh Penguins. So again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for continuing to support this show, sending in the reviews and all that. I, I take those really seriously. They, they, honestly, it's pretty personal to me when I read them just because I like to incorporate some new stuff into the show from time to time. So again, I really do appreciate um, everyone listening to the show and just for how it's grown from last year to this year. I want to trump that. Uh, from 2021 to 2022, and I know that I'm going to do it. So wanted to start off the show but just with a big thank you to you all for continuing to short support this podcast as we transition into 2022. That'll be the fourth year overall that I've been doing this. It's season three right now, but I started this show in late 2019. Um, so we're basically at the third year at this point that I've been doing this, and it's crazy that um, the show has grown so much throughout that time. But Overall, let's make it seven. Your Pittsburgh Penguins have now won seven in a row, the hottest team in hockey. And, you know, my biggest takeaway from the game on Sunday night against New Jersey, so what if they played like crap? You know, I've seen a lot of takes on a lot of different places today, you know, scrolling the internet. And it's not just social media. You know, it's you know some um, reporter stories that, you know, people just, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um Harping mainly on the doom and gloom with how bad they played. Good teams are allowed to play like crap on nights. You know, this was probably the worst game they've played since the Calgary one about two weeks ago. That's going to happen. It's a late December game against the New Jersey Devils, a team that has been pretty bad these last few weeks. I mean, they, they've lost, what is it now, 11 out of their last 12 games. They're well out of playoff positioning at this point. They're a little banged up, especially in goal. He sure was out for that game as well. But, I mean, this is still a team that has some pretty decent talent, although not that good depth. But sometimes it's hard to wake up 
for that kind of game. I mean, and this is also a Devils team. They always play the Penguins tough. I mean, this has been going back the last several years, you know, when John Hines was there before he got fired. I mean, for whatever reason, this is a team that they just, they know how to play against in Pittsburgh. And I thought the Penguins were pretty fortunate to win that game last night. And I, I guess overall, it was a bit of a slog. I mean, the Devils played boring, but also the Penguins played boring. And, you know, for a lot of that game, especially those first two periods, I did not think the Penguins had their legs. But overall, at the end of the day, a win is a win. This was the kind of game, at least to me, with this takeaway, you know, you needed to find a way to get two points and get the hell out. And that's exactly what the Penguins did. They, they found that way. They got that nice goal um, from Danton Heinen. Um, that's now nine goals from him on the year, which is just incredible at this point. Teddy Bluger gets the Penguins' first shorthanded goal of the season. That was his ninth of the season um, as well, if I'm not mistaken. And then Mike Matheson was able to score that third goal to restore that two-goal lead, at least for a couple minutes before Mike Matheson, again, did a really stupid penalty. So he giveth, and then he taketh away. That's just that's the Mike Matheson experience for everyone. But, you know, if you, if you go to natural stat trick, it, it is interesting because if, if you look at the full report from here, I mean, Pittsburgh dominated in shot attempts, uh, 61% of those. At 5v5, 60% of the scoring chances for. They led in high danger at 58.3%. Um, expected goals for 1.89 for the Penguins, um, 0.95 for the Devils. And then Pittsburgh also had 66.6% of the um, total expected goals for. And a lot of that had to do with the third period. And, you know, that was the biggest period of the game. I mean, it's always the biggest period of any game, but especially last night where the Penguins did not have their legs through those first 40 minutes, you wanted them to show up in that third, and they definitely did that. They were played some really nice lockdown defense for the most part. The only goal the Devils scored was on another deflection on the power play. Um, that was the Penguins' first power play goal given up in over a month. The streak had almost gotten to 40. They were a little over 10 kills away from breaking the all-time streak for most consecutive penalties killed. Um, there was a stat last night that I saw going in that they were 16 away. They killed off a couple, got it down to around 13 to 14, and then they gave up that goal. So um, <clears throat> if they were to, if they were able to do this for the next week or two, um, they probably would have had the NHL record for the most consecutive um, penalty kills um, in NHL history. They were not able to do that, but still it, it took a really nice deflection and a great play by Dougie Hamilton to um, – what was I going to say here? Oh, sorry. They took, just a really nice play by Dougie Hamilton to keep that in the zone, fire that puck on net, and then uh, Bastian uh, gets the goal to make it 3-2. to two. Um, Of course, the Penguins ended up winning the game. But anyways, I'm probably getting a little sidetracked at this point. But, you know, there's just really no need for the doom and gloom stuff. Te a good team is allowed to play like crap against a bad team and still win. I mean – We've been seeing the Pittsburgh Steelers do this for many years under Mike Tomlin. Sometimes it can happen under Mike Sullivan. I'm just glad the team got the two points to continue its seven-game winning streak. They're now only four points out of first place. That's why I think it might be getting lost here. They're in a really good position right now with the injuries. that We're going to get to that later on in the episode. They're in a really good position right now where they can make a run at the top of the Metropolitan Division um, starting after the holiday break because, again, they're only four points out. They're – if I recall correctly, nine points up on the ninth place team, the Boston Bruins. I know the Bruins have been battling some COVID issues 
um, as has basically most of the league at this point. And the Penguins have been lucky that they haven't had a second outbreak at this point. But, you know, the fact of the matter is they have been baking points, and th- that's all you can do at this point, especially with the players that they have out right now. So I know it probably wasn't the best effort by the Penguins, but you know what? I'll take a win any day of the week, especially against a team that always plays the Penguins well and the Devils. They will play New Jersey at some point in the near future. For those that were not aware, did not see the announcement, uh, the Penguins-Devils game for Tuesday in Pittsburgh has been postponed. Um, The Devils are doing with a COVID issue right now. Hopefully, God willing, it does not go to the Penguins. But that game has not been rescheduled as of yet. As soon as I know, I will let you all know. So you guys can figure out your ticket plans and the start time and everything. The Penguins will have one more game before the holiday break. Thursday against the Philadelphia Flyers at PBG Paints Arena. That'll be the final game against Philadelphia and Pittsburgh this year before they also play them twice in Philadelphia later on in the season. But overall, again, my biggest takeaway before we get to the next segment, excuse me, just a really, it's just a strong win. You know, when you don't have your best, sometimes you need, you know, some of your other players to step up when you need them to. That was Tristan Jari, especially late in the third period, where for some reason they gave up a breakaway with five seconds left. I think Crystal Tang and Brian Dumoulin's controllers just flat out disconnected there. It was just like I'm playing NHL 17 back in the day, and my batteries just died, and then I get scored on. That's, I think, exactly what happened there. Really nice save by Jari on Andreas Janssen. Um, if he would have scored there, I believe that would have counted. I think there would have been at least a second or two left on the clock. But did not happen. Penguins get away with two points, and they continue their winning streak. So a lot more to get to for this episode, including the play of Dan Hyland with that goal that he scored last night. Also have Teddy Bluger's goal to go into and a couple of other things as well. Um, But before we do that, this holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar. It's filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but it's amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds. It's delicious, and it's healthy. So many flavors, you'll have a hard time choosing. Will you get the raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie? That last one is just really tough for me. I mean, I, I think it's just, I'd probably lean cookies and cream, but it's really, really close. Um, because it's a season of peace and love, don't bring up your favorite Bilt Bar flavor at family parties. People are very passionate about their flavors, and they'll fight you for it, and things could get out of the hand. Are you friends with Santa? Well, tell Santa to throw a few Bilt Bars in those stockings. With so many flavors, they will make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. Want to cozy up with something warm? Here's a holiday secret. Dip your Bilt Bar into a piping hot cup of hot chocolate. Let it melt a little and give your beverage a bit of that Bilt Bar flavor. Plus, you'll have a nice melty Bilt Bar to go along with it. Be sure to have a couple of napkins on hand as well. You can go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So Dan Heinen, he gets his ninth of the season. Jeff, if you're listening to this episode, one more. Till I get my free cockeye barbecue. If he doesn't score one goal over the next 50 games, um, hands will be thrown, I think, to say the least. But what a release that was there by Heinen. I mean, John Gillies had no chance to save that, was able to corral that puck beautifully, basically stops on a dime a little bit, picks the corner, bar down, long side 
Um, just you, you, you don't teach that in hockey school. And that is just a hell of a release. I love uh, this take I saw from Corey Massick of The Athletic. He covers the New Jersey Devils. Um, he's now saying he thinks at least that this might go down as the best bargain signing um, from the NHL free agency of this past year. And you know what? You would have a hard time arguing against it with what he has done with the money that he makes um, for basically not even barely a million, nine goals already in 30 games. He's on pace for well over 20 goals at this point. Um, it's almost like this player that we saw last year in Anaheim is not this year's player, and all he needed was a change of scenery. So a couple of other takes on social media saying, remember when the Bruins tried to run him out of town, which you know they eventually did because they traded him for Richie. Um, we've seen glimpses of this player that he's, how, for how he's playing this year in Boston with how he played next to Krejci. He even had spent time with Marshawn and Bergeron. This is the, this is the, the uh, Heinen that we are getting this year from what we saw in Boston. And he has just been a delight to watch. And, you know, he eventually actually got elevated to the top line in the third period with Sidney Crosby and Evan Rodriguez. And I hope that Mike Sullivan continues that, excuse me, um, going into that next game against Philadelphia, because I really think there could be something there. Um, Kapanen went back to struggling last night. And it's weird, you know, Danny Shirey of DK Pittsburgh Sports had a really interesting take um, this morning. And it's something that, you know, I also touched on on the show last week because, again, the underlying numbers have been really good um, for Kapanen. And, again, Danny says it here. With him on the ice at 5v5 this season, the Penguins have outscored the opposition 15-6 to have, and have a 71.4% of the goal share. That's the eighth highest mark in the NHL. Um, obviously the great goaltending behind him, as Danny notes, you know, his 97% on ice percentages first on the Penguins, six in the NHL. It helps that the goalie is making all the saves when Kapanen is on the ice, but it's still weird that that's not translating to Kapanen getting more on ice results. I thought coming into this game that he had been playing better and then it all goes straight south. You know, he had a hard time crawling the puck. I thought during the game did not have his legs. His skating was piss poor. Uh, there were a couple of plays where he kind of just, you know, cost the Penguins zone time because he was just being selfish with the puck or, you know, Sidney Crosby and him were also off on a couple of passes in the offensive zone in the first couple of periods. And Mike Sullivan just said, you know what? I've had enough. I'm not doing this crap anymore. And he pulled the plug, excuse me, on that. And he elevated Heinen. And the first line looked pretty good, I thought, with Heinen in the the third period. So I'm curious to see what happens with Kapanen. For that game on Thursday, obviously the impending return of Evgeny Malkin potentially for that game could be, you know, impacted with Kapanen. I'm sure they'll just put him down there with Gino um, if Malkin is ready to play. We'll have more on that coming up later on in the show. But, you know, I, I still want to see more from him. Um, it just it overall, just I thought last night was a really big step back from him. But, you know, Teddy Bluger, he's making his case for arguably the best penalty killer in the NHL. Um, just a great job to come in on a breakaway and completely fool John Gillies. Um, comes in, does a little mini backhand forehand move, goes right between the wickets. Um, you, you don't, again, you don't really teach that in hockey school. Gillies had no shot on that. He bit for the fake so hard, and Bluger made him pay. And just, I love the celebration that he had there. And, you know, he's been awesome this year. Um, I really have nothing bad to say about Bluger. At this point, he's also on pace for 20-plus goals this season. Um, his impact to the team can't be overstated. You know, Great penalty killer, great on even strength, good goal scorer, good playmaker, 
really good defensively at 5v5, just the perfect bottom six player that this team needs. And, you know, sometimes if this team is really banged up, he can even play top six minutes for them um, if he needs to. Obviously, you don't really want that to happen. He's much better suited for a depth role. But another really great game from Bluger last night overall. Mike Matheson gets his uh, gets the third goal, excuse me, for the Penguins. And that was just a seeing-eye shot. But the biggest one on that play, if you go back and watch it, or if you remember watching it, Sam Lafferty's screen there. Um, John Gillies had no chance to see it because Lafferty probably made the best play of his NHL career by completely shielding him of the puck. Matheson was able to fire it from the point. And usually that's a routine save for the goaltender. But, excuse me, you know, the only reason why it went in was just because he couldn't see it. And again, credit to Sam Lafferty for that screen. That was a really nice job by him to take away um, all the eyes of Gillies. Um, so I was really impressed by Lafferty just be able to stand in front of them and just take everything away. But, you know, Matheson did take it away. That was a foolish penalty um, by him on – I'm trying to remember who it was now. It, it's probably going to come to me as the show um, goes on. But just a really foolish penalty there. Um, right after you score the goal, a little over halfway through the third period, it's 3-1. to one. You're playing your best hockey of the night, and then you, you're asked your PK to go out and try to continue the streak. Obviously, they weren't able to do that, but you know, you're know you hurting your team in that situation. You've just restored your two-goal lead. There's no need to make a dangerous cross-checking play like that. I really don't know what Matheson was doing there. Um, again, just a really piss poor play, and you know that this is this is the Mike Matheson experience. He does a great play like the one on his goal, a nice seeing eye shot, and then he gives it all away with a really just dumb penalty. So I didn't really understand why Matheson had to do that. I know New Jersey ended up scoring there, but after that, the Devils didn't really have that good of a scoring chance until five seconds left when Jari had to bail both Crystal Tang and Brian Dumoulin out. Obviously, you know, there is some negative. Just didn't like overall how most of the team played. Cindy Crosby had a bit of an off game. Rodriguez was okay. Um, I think the puck was jumping off his stick a little bit more than normal. Um, I shouldn't even say more than normal. It doesn't usually jump off his stick, but I was noticing that a lot more last night. I thought Latang had a bit of an off game, but overall, I mean, that's going to happen sometimes. If you look at his game score overall, um, it was pretty good. And, um, also, if you are not looking at that, um, it's the Hockey Stats Cards account um, on social media. Um, they also have a website as well, HockeyStatCards.com. Um, Chris Letang was, if I can look at this right now, I'm just, all right, well, all right, my eyes are just too bad. Um, he's still up in the, the positive above zero um, for last night. Marcus Pedersen actually led everyone with nearly – a 3.1 game score. Mike Matheson was right behind him. John Marino was up there. Um, Dan Hine and Jason Zucker was up there as well. And there's a whole lot of negatives for all of the Devils players. Um, I, I did see this tweet courtesy um, of Mad Chad this morning. Chris Letang, out of all the defensemen this season, ranks eighth um, in average game score. Um, it's just, it's just, it's ridiculous at this point um, what he's been able to do. For this team, one bad game is not going to change my perception of him um, from this season. But, you know, when Jari needed to make a big save, he was there. It was, he wasn't really tested that much because the Penguins only allowed um, 19 overall shots for the game. Again, it was it was a really boring, dull game, just a nice little slog. Um, you know, I guess that's what Lindy Ruff and the Devils like to do against the Penguins. But, again, when Jari 
um, needed to make a big save, like, like the one I've said probably five times in this episode at the end of the game, he was there, made that save, and a couple of other big ones as well um, throughout the contest. But that'll wrap up this second segment of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Coming up in the next one, might do a little preview against Philadelphia Flyers and also touch on a couple of other things relating um, to this team and some practice notes especially as well. Before we do that, though, BetOnline has you covered all season. That means more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues for the march to the playoffs. I cannot believe that we are now – there's only three weeks left of the NFL regular season. It's, it's just ridiculous at this point. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. You can head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus for basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC. Right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Ben Online is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. That is Ben Online, where the game starts. All right, so we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am, of course, your host. Hunter Hodes. You want to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at L underscore Penguins. So there were some big practice notes today. <clears throat> Excuse me. Evgeny Malkin was back on the ice of practice, but was in a no contact sweater today. So a little bit of a stack back, but I'm sure this is probably all according to plan. According to Josh Yoey in his article from The Athletic last night, um, he would not be surprised if Gino does make his return this week. Obviously, there's only one game, so it would have to be against Philadelphia. But he also did say if it's not against the Flyers, um, you can bet on it being against the Bruins right after the Christmas break. So um, at this point, it's only a matter of when, not if he's going to return uh, really soon. I would want to say it's within the next week. Um, he's been practicing with the team for a while. Hopefully he'll be in full contact tomorrow for practice. There were no line rushes today. Um, the Penguins did announce when the game was postponed, they will be practicing fully tomorrow. Um, also, Jake Gensel and Brian Rust were on the ice practice today, both in no contact sweaters. So the three big guns that have been hurt for the last little bit, especially Gino, um, they were all practicing with the team today in no contact capacity. Brian Boyle was also on the ice. The only player that was not available uh, was Jason Zucker. He had another maintenance day. So he's definitely been battling a bit of an injury. And of course, uh, Brian Boyle was also on the ice for practice as well. Excuse me, as he continues to nurse a what is it, an upper body injury? Yeah, um, yeah, it is. So those are the practice updates there. Again, there were no line rushes. Uh, Gino did partake a little bit in some of the power play duties, um, but otherwise, that is really it. Um, big game on Thursday against the Flyers. They've been playing a bit better hockey lately, but they're still a, a little ways away um, from being a playoff team at this point. Coming into this year, I really was not high. Um, on Philadelphia, and I'm glad that they've proved me right so far. They only have 44% of the expected goals, uh, 45% of the actual goals, um, nearly 48% of the shot attempts this season. They have a minus 10 goal differential, which is horrendous. Uh, the only big thing that they've had this year um, is their goaltending. Carter Hart, for as much as Penguins fans like to bag on him, and you know I, I've made my fair share of jokes at his expense just because of how bad he was last year, He's been, he's been phenomenal this year. Um, he, he's had a really nice bounce back for them. Um, the Flyers' overall save percentage this season is 929 for shots on goal. Actually, no, 922. Um, excuse me, I read that wrong on Money Puck. Most of that has been from Carter Hart. Martin Jones has been okay, but I mean, he's not, you're not going to ask him to basically carry uh, the Flyers' goaltending. Um, the Flyers' goals for 2.16, so they have been struggling a, a little bit 
um, to score this season. For reference, the Senators, who are a worse team than Philadelphia, um, they have a goals for, for goal score per sixty of two point three four, um, and they have a better um, goal. They have a, a better goals against per sixty. Actually, no, they have a worse goals against per sixty than the Flyers, two point nine three compared to two point five eight for Philadelphia. So, I mean. It's been a little bit of a struggle defensively, but more of a struggle offensively. It's just the goals really haven't come um, from a lot of their depth this season. But again, you know, that said, they have been playing some better hockey overall um, the last week. It might be too little, too little too late for them, but it's a rivalry game. These are always highly contested. And I'm really excited to see how Pittsburgh plays against Philadelphia. I'm hoping I can do a crossover later this week with the fine folks at Locked On Flyers. We've only ever done one of those. We're interested to hear their perspective on the team this year and what they think um, they could be doing moving forward. And just to know how the team has been playing ever since the coaching change was made with Alain Bigneau. I will leave you all with this in terms of some underlying numbers with the Penguins. And, you know, I keep seeing I keep seeing these you know from the national media and people keep saying like why the penguins confuse people but you know as Adam Gret says you know the penguins are what they look like they look like this is a really good team they have some of the best underlying numbers in the league you know if you look at you know Danny Shirey's stuff he put out a great tweet earlier today if I can just find this yet again because of course when I'm recording this podcast um I do not have it up in front of me. Via Evolving Hockey, this comes courtesy of Danny. Penguins rank fifth in goal share at 56.9%. They rank second in expected goal share at 55.4%. And they rank fourth in shot attempt share at 53.9%. They are a top five team in almost any metric um, that you look at. And you know what? They, again, have outstanding depth this year. It's probably just as good, if not better, than last year. And I'll say it for the 1,000th time on this podcast, probably a bit more than this point. If this team gets average goaltending in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and if Tristan Jari can continue to play at the level that he has played at through the first couple of months of the season in the playoffs, there are not many teams that can beat this team in a seven-game series. This is a Stanley Cup contending team if everyone is healthy and if the goaltending is at least average. That's just the reality of the situation. You're seeing it with how they're winning. They're getting that they're they're getting that depth scoring. Some of the stars are starting to step up. Sid's playing a lot better, but they're also getting the goaltending again. The defense is playing awesome. This is the blueprint for how the Penguins can win another Stanley Cup in the Shit and Gino era. And the team is only going to get better when Rust, Gensel, and Gino get back in the lineup. Hopefully here in the next week to week and a half. But I wanted to leave you all off with another positive note. I really wanted to this show to be mainly positive. I understand, again, that the team didn't really play good, but at the end of the day, that's not been the norm for the last, you know, two and a half, three weeks, three and a half weeks. They've had way more good games than bad games. You're going to have stinkers at times, and sometimes you also win them. That's the highs and lows in the NHL season. The sign of a really, really good team is one that doesn't have their best on some nights, but still is able to find a way to win the game, even though it's against a not-so-good team. That's exactly what the Penguins did against New Jersey. But the team will have off a couple more days for their game against Philadelphia on Thursday, assuming that it is not postponed. But that doesn't mean the episodes here stop on the Locked on Penguins podcast. I'll have another episode for you all on Tuesday, tomorrow, for the show. Thank you all so much for listening, and I will talk to you all then.